The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Take a lower. Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show. Well, your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me at the Carson City Saloon playing Madden on his cellular device. He's not distracted. Not at all. He's engaged. Yep. I wish I was playing Madden. It's a good game. Shirtless Tom back in the studio behind the glass. Joe Rokicki over here helping us out, as always, on Fridays. You can check... Brian and Tom out on Twitter at fbomber73 at buttonpusher970. Don't follow Joe. He's pretty morbid, frankly, <laughs> on the Twitter.com. <laughs> really upsetting. It's scary. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Sorry. Ninety-six percent of betters on a year-end basis wind up losing money. Be part of the four percent. Fat Jack now from FatJackSports.com joins us to tell us how you can make more money. Fat Jack, how you doing? How'd your weekend go last week? Well, I, the, the, the general public's losing right now, I promise you that. Um, I'm, I'm doing good. Everything's going really well. You can go to FatJackSports.com and see exactly how we're doing. Everybody gets exactly the same picks, no matter what package you sign up for, whether it's weekly, monthly, through the entire season, through the Super Bowl, no matter what, you get exactly the same plays. I'm sitting the Bellagio right now. Uh, deciding whether to release more games for the weekend. I've had four so far for tonight, six for Saturday, three for Sunday have already gone out. Everybody gets exactly the same plays. And then come Tuesday, those plays and whatever else we send out will be posted and graded right there on the website. So last weekend was actually one of the most profitable days, weekends, in the Las Vegas sports books as an industry outside of Super Bowl weekends in the last probably 20 years. They made wow. a ton of money. Uh, part of it had to do with the McGregor uh, fight. But um, a lot of it was Saturday. The books did really well. The McGregor fight, we, we gave the other side of that um, to everybody who signed up for one of the MMA packages. But a lot of people had McGregor. And then on Sunday, it was because teams like Philadelphia, teams like the Rams, a lot of those teams didn't cover that the general public liked to play. So this year has been especially tough for the average gambler. And so they're all losing. And what makes us win are that even when they have really bad, we don't have really bad weeks ever. We had a bad Saturday. We lost Saturday, but we won Sunday. You can look right there on the website, fatjacksports.com, and see every pick that everybody got. What you'll see when you look back is that we were on a 19-6 and run before that. So we're just give back a tiny bit of profit on a Saturday if we go have a bad Saturday, where the normal guy's down trying to dig out of a hole. So we're generating profit over August, September, and October. Basketball starts this week. Add those picks, you get they're very inexpensive and very, very profitable. Baseball's free. Uh, we were nine and two a couple weeks ago with free baseball plays. We had Boston on Tuesday when everybody else had the Yankees. Uh, we had Appalachian State on Tuesday when everybody else didn't. Philly last night. Uh, we had under in the Texas Tech game, which was last night when everybody else had over. A uh, big weekend coming up. Go to FatJackSports.com. Two ninety nine for football through the end of the month. Four ninety nine football and basketball. As I said, it's a very, very big weekend. I've got a bunch of picks going out right now. And uh, since the Bellagio, everybody's very, very excited, but trying to figure out how to get even, except my clients and I, who are up and ready for a huge, huge weekend. Fat Jack, we've talked uh, a number of times about the Stoops family 
and the defensive coordinator gets canned at Oklahoma. Uh, you had been talking about how you can't trust the Oklahoma defense, and, man, did you smack that one out of the park. Well, I, did I tell you, you want to talk about high-level drama. You think you guys have got some drama. You want to talk about good, high-level, entertaining radio. It, it is hot in Oklahoma right now. Um, Dusty Dvorak, who played for OU, um, and a guy named Jim Traber, who's one of the top 30 radio hosts in the country, uh, they do shows right next to each other, and they are in a war right now. Dusty played for Mike Stoops, and uh, Jim did not. Jim played, uh, actually played for the Orioles, played for Oklahoma State, and they have different versions of what happened at halftime. There were issues going on. It is mayhem down there. So, uh, yeah, he, he was gone uh, after the game. It really, the writing was on the wall when Russell McNeil was hired in uh, the summer of 2017. But, listen, college football is a different animal. Those people down there, when you live in a place like Oklahoma or Alabama or a place that doesn't have a pro sport, these hillbillies play for keeps. West Virginia, I mean, you know, Adam, come on. I mean, that people over there, they're playing for keeps. I mean, you've got to win games. And when things don't go well, if they can point fingers, they do. And fingers are pointed, and, you know, Bob Stoops left, and he, he they wanted Mike to stay on. Mike Stoops is going to be fine. He's going to get another job. He's a good defensive coordinator, but he his time had come, and they got, they got rid of him, and it is absolute mayhem down there. So, Good thing the Sooners have a bye week because they need time to regroup and uh, move on to the next thing. Yeah, no doubt about that. Fatjack, FatjackSports.com joining us here on the Crowley Show. Steelers-Bengals, the line I see now has moved to Cincinnati uh, minus one and a half. And, I mean, it's kind of a pick em toss-up then, right? But do you take into account, how much, I guess, do you take into account the success Pittsburgh's had over the years at Paul Brown Stadium being 17-3? and How much do you take into account Ben Roethlisberger going in there and being 12-2 and uh, in Cincinnati? Not as much as you would think. Okay. Um, you can really make whatever you want out of stats like that. Um, the only stats I use really a lot are, are travel stats. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, teams playing Sunday and then turn around and playing the following Thursday. That's going to mess with their travel schedule. Um, and those type of things make a lot of sense. The things that have happened the last, you know, 10 years, 12 years, uh, they don't have a lot of effect. The players definitely don't pay a lot of attention to that. It might add a little bit extra confidence, but honestly, you could, I could, I could come up with five stats that would lean the, the other direction also. It's more about what's going to happen this week. Um, be real careful if you're out there and you're playing, and I don't love that game either way. It's just not one of the better games on the board. But week six is always about uh, overreaction by the general public to what's happened the last five weeks. And what, you're almost better off not looking at what happened last week if you're going to handicap week six because what happens is that people look in the rearview mirror at what happened last week, five, six days ago, seven days ago, and they think that's going to happen. And Vegas, they have TVs also, and they and they will the Lions will then overreact to that. So take a total like the Atlanta Falcons game. Those, those two teams have gone over every single game this year. That, that total should be more like 51, 49, 50, 51. It's 57 because every, every $50 idiot that's sitting around the Bellagio right now is going to play over in that game because, like, well, both these teams, they go over. Neither can play the defense. Nobody can stop anybody, blah, blah, blah. You're getting absolutely no value to go over in that game. Now, the game may still go over, but when you're trying to win successfully long-term, you're looking for value. You're looking for games that you're, you, the line is way – the perception versus the reality is way off. So you're, week six is real important not to overreact what you've seen the last week or two because a lot of guys start going broke in week six. This is why you show up Thanksgiving 
with your in-laws, and people are not gambling on sports anymore who were gambling in September because they lose their money starting in week six. That's interesting. How, how deep into the season do you feel like you've got a good feel for what teams are? I, 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 you should be absolutely dialed in right now. You should be in a profit right now. If you're not in a profit right now, you're doing something wrong. I mean, that's the truth. It's been a tough year, a real tough year for the general public, and even a tough year for guys for sharks, guys that know what they're doing. But right now, you should be dialed in. Now, the NFL, that doesn't mean they're going to cover every week. And you know, it's each week. It's each Sunday. The NFL is a very tough week. I mean, take teams like, I mean, the Dolphins. The Dolphins start out the year. They're rolling right along. Everything is great. And then they go get their, you know, what handed to them by New England. So who's that team? They're going to be teams that each week you're not going to know who they are. If you turn the ball over the NFL, you're going to lose. That's how the league is. There's not a lot of difference between the best team and the worst team. But in college football, you should be able to find four, five, six games a day that are going to, if, if, if the teams don't turn the ball over three or four times more than they're supposed to, are going to cover and be able to turn you a profit. That's going to happen. So uh, if you're not there right now, you're never going to be there. And you're probably not there because you don't know what you're doing as it relates to the line because you're a doctor or a mechanic or a bus driver or a lawyer. That's not what you do for a living. You're not generating contracts contact and know exactly how to handicap the game. So that's why you go to FatJackSports.com. But uh, on Sunday, listen, the Redskins are going to rebound. But I had New, uh, New Orleans Monday night. I was easy. Uh, but the Redskins are not as bad as they showed Monday night. The Panthers are an aging defense. They were lucky to get out against a New York Giants team that we saw last night, what the Giants are and continue to be. I uh, look for the Redskins to play better. That's a good – that's a free one. Um I also like the Raiders. They're going over overseas. I think they're going to handle that trip better uh, than Seattle will. So uh, take the three points there. That's just a couple of free ones. But, uh, yeah, by now, by week six, you got to know what's going on. In terms of overreaction, of course, I care deeply about West Virginia. Their stat – or, pardon me, the spread now is six and a half, their favorite over Iowa State. To me, Iowa State's not a great football team. West Virginia had a lot of hype coming into the season, and they've largely lived up to it, but they played poorly against Kansas. Iowa State, in turn, played their best game of the season. Is that the kind of line that you would that you would look at and say, okay, that's an overreaction type of line? Well, I don't like the game because Iowa State is a really difficult place, but this is an upset alert type deal. Iowa State's not going to wow you on film. You're gonna, you gotta go play, and it's a, the armpit of the world. It's hard to get there. You don't get up for them because they don't look great on film. It's one of those lull spots in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma State's gone in there and lost. A lot of good football teams have gone in there over the last few years and not played well. Now, listen, if, if West Virginia goes in and plays well, they're gonna win. If they don't return the ball over, they're gonna win. But it's not the type of place you can go and throw your helmet on the field and get out with a victory. You have to play well. They will get it will get away from you if you go in there and start turning the ball over and play sloppy because they are confident. They're a lot more confident than you realize until you get there. So, um, and, and, and there have been a lot of good teams that have gone into uh, to Iowa before and come out with a loss that shouldn't have. That's why the line's low. It's staying under a touchdown right now. And I come at the blogs and look at the board. It is still six and a half here. Um, the total is fifty six and a half, and and it's probably going to stay there. And it's because of that element. If turnovers are even. West Virginia wins, and they cover easily. But watch the turnovers there because Iowa State can be opportunistic as they're good at home about beating teams that are better than them. So it is a tough spot there. Uh, there are certainly a, there's a lot easier spots on, on Sunday. I'll give you one that you're not going to look at and nobody will pay attention to. 
but Nebraska is going to beat Northwestern Saturday. Whoa. All right, you heard it here first. Nobody's going to tell you this. And, guys, if you're out there driving around Pittsburgh and you think that you know what's happening on a football field, watch that game. And when Nebraska beats Northwestern on Saturday, go to FatJackSports.com and sign up. All right? Listen, there's a difference between sharps and squares. There's a difference between guys betting ten and 20000 a game and guys betting $50 a game. And there's a group of us out here that are making a living betting on sports. All right? I made a, I went and collected $100,000 when I got out here yesterday, and I'm flying to Chicago tomorrow to go watch my, tonight to go watch my son play football. And in that point, there's about four of us, and, and I'm telling you right now, Nebraska is going to beat Northwestern on Saturday. And most of the, none of the general public will see that, that coming. All right? And this is the type of information that there's a few select people that know are coming, and most of the world doesn't. So when that happens, please, if you're out there and you play the games, go to FatJackSports.com and get signed up. It's two ninety nine for football, four ninety nine for basketball. Everybody gets the same picks with me. They're all posted. They're all documented. You're getting the games I'm playing. That game opened at nine. It's down to four and a half. And those are guys who bet twenty to fifty thousand dollars a game that have absolutely hammered that thing because Nebraska's the right side of that game. Northwestern's a ter- terrible spot, terrible matchup, and they're going to lose at home on Saturday. Good stuff, Fat Jack, as always, man. Have a good weekend, and I'm sure you will, and we'll talk next week. Adam, go get them. Have a great weekend, all right? I'll hear Steelers get off, uh, go get a win on, on the road, and I'll talk to you next week, and we'll talk about it. All right, buddy, take care. That's Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. 96% of people who are batting on a year-end basis lose money. Be part of the 4%, FatJackSports.com. Coming up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined and something savage to come from Penguins fans. It's Crowley Show. He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Penguins fans are savage. After the fourth goal of last night's game, fans were chanting for Flurry to get into the contest. That's some friggin' savagery right there. You don't get that very much. Especially not in a regular season Penguins crowd. The playoffs, they still rock. Not the way that they used to. I don't think at the Igloo, but it still rocks. The regular season's a bunch of corporate yahoos who go to the games. Well, they did hockey right in this town. Oh, Joe, you want to give me a high five? Uh, you wanted to say something. I thought that was a really good statement. That was a nice take. Thank you. Corporate yahoos. Oh, scorching. <laughs> That's Joe. Now we've got Paul Dog on the line at 412-922-2874 to delight our ears and our senses. Actually, no, just our ears with his weekly rap about the upcoming Steelers opponent. What's up, Paul Dog? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Adam. How is everything today? Every time you start to talk, I start to laugh. Because I think you should do everything in sing-song, rap-ish form. Or what do we call it? It's, it's more like the poem. It's like spoken word. Like, spoken uh, word. What is the, slam poetry. Uh, slam poetry. Oh, That's uh, what it is. You I got to rap, I, I rap when I'm talking instead of just staying around and walking. Kind of like, no. Christopher. Walking. You know you love me. I do that, love you. That works, Paul Dog. I it think was that works. it was better than I thought you were going to be able to come well, up with. Yeah, I, I mean it's better than me coming on and being like, "Oh, 
you think Lev Bell's going to line up and slot? <laughs> you uh, you think you think He's the locker room is frustrated because Antonio's throwing things out the window? I don't. You know, I mean, that's it's all pro wrestling, man. Paul Dog. Anyway, have you been cooking up any soup this week? Oh, it's Cincinnati week, man. I got some chili, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us, buddy? <laughs> right. I think it's time Ladies and now. Gentlemen. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen. The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, they just love number seven. Ooh, Ben looks so big in person. Ooh, he's so dreamy. Ooh, kiss, kiss, kiss. Hey, yo. Who are they? Oh, them girls over there? Every time we come to Cincinnati, they show up. They call themselves the Ben Gals. Pittsburgh! <laughs> two, two, and one. That's where that was going. We got to get this ironed out. Y'all ready? Have some fun. Let's do it. Cincinnati! The Queen City! Oh, so what? <laughs> you royalty now? You're the queen of who day? You're the queen of what day? The the Ohio River? You think you can rule that for a bit? <laughs> Ding dong, Cincy, hello. We invented it. I'll give you the dog a hail of Ford like Voltron. Going to flood your banks and take you out, you moron. <laughs> Speaking of those, hey, Vontaze Burfick. AC didn't see you there. Your ability is far from perfect. Do you need more juju juice? Yeah, that's what I thought. AB's going to do a touchdown dance. He's going to do the robot. Noodles and chili? I call it spaghetti. And I never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever seen a Yeti. Wait, hold on a second. What are we talking about here? Coolers? Is chili soup? Imagine Villanueva driving around in a mini coupe. Six foot nine, three twenty. That that would be funny. God damn it, Cincy, you got me off my game. When it's all said and done, I'm gonna be on the Crowley Show's Wall of Fame. So bring your tigers. We'll treat you like Oz. Come down to the black and yellow brick road, and in the fourth quarter all your hopes and dreams will be a lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Paul Dog. I got to say, it was a slow open, but you really crescendoed there. And one of your best, got to say. I like how you did Voltron with Moron. I like that, too. That yeah. made me giggle loudly. A big fan of the Crowley show, it sounds like. I mean, weaving it in and out. Love it, man. Thanks for doing it. And we'll talk to you next Friday at 520. Sounds good, man. Take it easy, bros. Baby blue and white. Ding dong. Baby blue and white. Ding dong. That doesn't sound right. Right? Tom, what time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! These are the games that I'm going to pick, that I don't want to pick, because the games that I want to pick, that I will be picking, I'll pick at the end of the show. 
Chicago at Miami, two teams with a winning record. So what? Chicago's going to go into Miami. Khalil Mack is going to have his way with Ryan Tannehill. And they're going to walk out there 4-1. And I still won't know if they're good. Buffalo at Houston. Gag me with a spoon. Buffalo 2-3 against the Texans also at 2-3. I can't figure Buffalo out. They're not a good football team, but they have won two games. They won once against one of the best teams in the National Football League, the Vikings. And they beat a team that I thought was good, the 3-1 Tennessee Titans. So... They're going to lose to Houston. Tampa Bay, 2-2 two two at Atlanta, 1-4. Atlanta's a... Well, they're bad. Tampa is... Well, they're bad. But it's on the road for Tampa in Atlanta. Atlanta always plays better in the Dome. I got them victorious moving to 2-4 and four on the season. The Arizona Cardinals at 1-4 at Minnesota, 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Will Minnesota have a repeat of the Buffalo fiasco? I say no. They win that one fairly easily cover the 10 points. Indianapolis against the New York Jets in a battle of football teams that used to be good in the early 2010s. Indianapolis at 1-4, and four, the Jets at 2-3. and three. I feel terrible for Andrew Luck. He's a good player. The defense stinks. Everyone else around him stinks. The Jets, I think, stink. But I think they stink less at home than the Colts stink on the road. I'm going NYJ. Carolina at Washington. Carolina, a quiet 3-1 on the season. I don't think a lot of people are talking about them. They just came off the bye week. Playing the Redskins, who just got their butts kicked. I'm going Carolina. Seattle, 2-3 at Oakland, 1-4. But it's not really at Oakland. It's at London, which is a far trip for both teams. What are they doing there? Sidebar. What the hell is the NFL doing <laughs> sending Seattle and Oakland to London? I mean, the fan bases could literally not be farther away in the National Football League from that damn country. I mean, what are they doing? And then Fat Jack comes on. He's like, it's going to be an easier trip for Oakland. Why? Why? It's a long-ass flight for both teams. They've got better meal selection. On I guess they do. Yeah, they have more miles. That's got to be it. <laughs> I got Seattle. The Rams at the Broncos. If one team turned it off already this season and threw in the white flag and said, we're done, it's all over, it was Denver last week going into New York and giving up 300 yards rushing. <laughs> I mean, you have given up if you were letting that team, the New York football Jets, run all down your throat. But it's the NFL, and weird things happen all the time. It's tough to win in Denver. I bet you the Rams go there and still win. Jacksonville, 3-2. and two. At Dallas, 2-3. and three. Every week we talk about Dallas. They don't have any weapons on the offensive side. On defense, they're blah. To this day, they've still made the wrong choice by not having Tony Romo as the quarterback. Jacksonville, horrendous on offense. Tremendous on defense. But I got a little inkling. The Dallas gets shut out. How about that? They're going to score points on the Jacksonville D. How are they going to move the football? They can run it. They can't throw it. They're going down. Another crappy night game. 
San Francisco at Green Bay, Monday Night Football. Historically, it looks great. If this is college football, it's the featured game of the weekend, right? Because you've got two of the great NFL franchises of all time in the San Francisco 49ers, who were tremendous in the 80s and the 90s, and the Packers going all the way back in their history. But, I mean, does anybody think that's going to be a game? Green Bay, 2-2-1. They haven't been tremendous. Their running game's a disaster. They're injured. But San Francisco can say all those same things. Their running back coming into the year. Done. Ouch. See ya. Bye. Their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Ouch. Gone. See ya. Bye. But Green Bay still has their quarterback playing despite limping around. It's also in Lambeau Field. I strongly urge all y'all not to watch. But Green Bay wins that game. That is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! I forget what night game was last week. And I said that nobody should watch it. And then it wound up being actually a pretty alright night game. And I had four tweets of people telling me, You told me not to watch that game. It was tremendous. I mean, it's the NFL. Do what you want. I strongly suggest getting the red zone package. Uh, You can watch all of them. I also strongly suggest getting a phone or the internet and finding Twitter.com. And on Twitter, when things happen in football games, people talk about it. It's amazing the way that that goes. And then you can turn the channel when said things are talked about, and you're there. You right. didn't waste any time waiting for it. The greatest thing about college football, apart from the pace of play and some of the other things that we all love, the tradition, is that there's 97 games on a Saturday. So there's this perception that, the games are more quality. I think that that's true to an extent, but the reality is there's so many damn games you can flip back and forth. The NFL's got the standalone game, and you don't see that in college. Even the 8 o'clock primetime games, you can still watch other teams play at primetime. West Virginia's playing Iowa State at 7. No one gives a rip about that whenever you've got Wisconsin and Michigan that same night, but you can flip the channel if it's a close game. The NFL doesn't allow that. Buy yourself something that tells you when good games are going on. It's called a phone. It's called the Internet. Did you guys talk about the ending of the uh, Giants-Panthers game from last week? Where Saquon Barkley risked life and limb to win that game, and then it all gets taken away because a kicker kicks a 63-yard field goal? And it wasn't even shown on national TV, at least regionally, because they had to cut away due to, like, the TV contracts. It's bad. Talking about having red zone and all that stuff, That's uh, that sucks. I think it's a really good point, Joe, because... I don't have red zone at my house. So whenever I want to have red zone, I'll go to the station or I'll go to a bar and you'll watch it there. Yeah. And for the first time in a decade, it really hit me the way football used to be, where you could only watch the 1 o'clock game in the 1 o'clock slot. You could only watch the 4 o'clock game in the 4 o'clock slot. And I felt just that way because I was at my house, had my legs kicked up, and you're now watching a worse game or nothing at all. I don't even remember. I was so mad I threw my remote at the TV. Coming up next, James Rapine from WLW and ESPN Cincinnati. He will preview the Bengals and Steelers in depth. What be going on with that offensive line in Cincy? Do Cincinnati fans feel like they're a good football team? Does James will get all the answers? And maybe more. What a tease. Next, Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No! I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen no! to me. Just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
Steelers-Bengals this weekend. Will there be a bloodbath? We'll start there with James Rapine from WLW and from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. He also works for the Locked On Bengals podcast. James, do you think that there's going to be some fisticuffs going on at Paul Brown Stadium this weekend? Uh, It'd be silly to say no, right? When these two teams get together, I feel like that there's there's always something. There's always some kind of extracurricular activity after the whistle. There's always a flag. There's always something controversial. That being said, I think both teams really need to win this game, the Bengals, just to to prove that they can, and and the Steelers, because they got off to a a lackluster start to start the season. So I think both coaches are are probably preaching, don't get involved in anything. That being said, you're telling me Vontaze Perfect doesn't want to pop Zizu Smith-Schuster? I'm sure he does, so... I expect something to happen Sunday. James, what has been the key behind this Bengals' fast start to getting the four and one this season? The probably, and this is going to sound funny, especially in Pittsburgh because he's been awful against the Steelers in his career. But Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton has played very well to start this season, and it's a mixture of things. I think new offensive coordinator Bill Lazor has given him a playbook that he's comfortable with. He likes his new weapons and Tyler Boyd that the Pittsburgh native has certainly come on and uh, Dalton trusts him. He's leading the team in receptions right now. So just having a second guy not named A.J. Green in the passing game has certainly been big. Uh, but, but the key to, to Dalton's success, I think, is the playbook and then the way he's diagnosing things at the line of scrimmage before the play happens. Most of the time, and I've talked to multiple Bengals players and coaches about this, most of the time, he knows where the ball is going before the ball snaps, and that's it. I would say 90% of the time. And he's made the right decision uh, decision more times than not, for sure. He's had a couple of interceptions. The interception numbers look worse than they are, though, I will say, because uh, there's been a couple times the wide receivers have stopped on routes and things like that balls go through wide receivers' hands. So the, the seven picks looks worse than it is. But uh, Andy Dalton, I think it's been the best five games, maybe of his career, and he had a pretty good 2015 season. He's playing well. What's the biggest difference in Tyler Boyd's game? I think the the trust factor. Uh, whatever reason, he, he has earned Andy Dalton's trust this season, and, and no one really bought in last year. I mean, he was inactive. He was a healthy scratch for multiple games last season. And whether it's Bill Lazor's new playbook, whether it's just him maturing as a player, on the field. I'm not sure exactly what, if there's one specific thing, but he looks like he did in college where he can play outside. He can play inside. He's very versatile. He is where you need him to be. Uh, when the Bengals beat the Falcons in a, a shootout a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta, they, they went on a 16 play drive and Andy Dalton completed a fourth and eight past the boys and a fourth and six past the boys. He trusts them. And uh, it's it certainly, it, it's been fun to watch. And just seeing Tyler, his up and downs, because I started covering the Bengals in, in weekly, um, in the locker room weekly, the, the year he was drafted. And just to see him flourishing now and as confident as he is, it's good to see. And, and he's certainly a, a huge part of their offense, and he will be on Sunday. What about your boy John Ross? Seven catches on the air. Well, are they going to use this guy? What the heck's going on? Yeah, it, it's, it's been a mixture. I actually think that uh, Ross, and you noticed that last week when he was out, and he might be out again this Sunday, but when he was out uh, against the Dolphins last week, the de- uh, the defense for the Dolphins, they, they were very close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, you're talking 
10 or 11 defenders within eight yards of the line of scrimmage in the second half, just kind of daring the Bengals to take a shot. And part of that's because the Bengals' offensive line isn't the best. Part of it's because they didn't really have anyone besides A.J. Green that was going to stretch the field and scare them deep. Um, other guys that were showing for Ross are Cody Core and Alex Erickson. They're not scaring anybody. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I think Ross, and you're asking a question that a lot of people in Cincinnati ask me. I just think this is basically year one for him. He's played seven career games. I uh, had a long touchdown against Atlanta where he pulled his groin, um, and now he's questionable this week after missing last week. So he's been limited in the past couple of days. I think it's just a matter of getting in sync. He's flashed. He had a, a good training camp as well. Uh, but he's earning that trust that, that Tyler Boyd, at some point this past you know six months or so, has earned with, with Andy Dalton. So I think that whole, if he's out there on Sunday, it would be big just to stretch the field. Not that he's going to have a big game against Pittsburgh, but you know how they are on the back end. So having a speedster would certainly help. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But but you're right. I think it's it's interesting to see that, that they're not going deep. They've only went to him deep twice so far in four games. So that, that's uh, that's certainly something that I think they'll try to do more if he plays Sunday. You've kind of been giving us some of this answer here, but what is new scheme-wise with a new offensive coordinator? Uh, a few different things. I think that Bill Lazor, the, the goal, number one, he's given the offense to Andy Dalton, uh, which Andy Dalton's controlling everything. It's not about taking things off of Andy Dalton's plate, which has, has kind of been the case in the past. It's about him making all of the decisions at the line of scrimmage, doing everything that, that he can to put them in the best play possible. And honestly, he's just done a mixture of things. That The number one thing, I think, that, that stands out to me with the laser is he's moving A.J. Green around. A.J. Green's not leading this team in receptions, but he has has done great in the red zone. They, they've been a really good red zone team. Um, up until last week, they were one of the best in the NFL, and they still might be, uh, but they didn't score in the red zone against the Dolphins. And a big reason why is because of A.J. Green and moving him in the slot and, and putting him in different spots, because then it's harder to double-team him. So I think that's a big change uh, for Bill Lazor's offense this year. And honestly, it's just getting the ball to the playmakers, which sounds so simple. And that's why I think a lot of Bengals fans last year were so frustrated, especially with their 0-3 start. They weren't featuring A.J. Green. They weren't using Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard the way they should have been. And they've done that so far this season. Uh, Joe uh, Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, they both kind of, one got injured in Mixon and then Gio came in and now, uh, Geo's injured, and Mixon will be in, and he'll play Sunday. But they've both been close to or had 100-plus yards from scrimmage. Um, so they're getting involved in a pass game. They're getting involved on the ground. So I just think it's going to your playmakers, moving them around, and putting them in a position to succeed, which sounds simple, but apparently it wasn't over the past couple of years. But uh, Bill Lazor's gotten it right and gotten off to a good start this year. Last thing on the offense with James Rapian from WLW ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Is the offensive line better? You mentioned that it's not great. Is it better than it has been? It's better. It's improved, um, but better than one of the worst ever isn't good, right? <laughs> um, it's certainly weak. I mean, it is not their best, or even close to their best position group. It's probably the weakest position group. I'd say it is because linebacker now with Vontaze perfect back helps that, that spot a lot. So, yeah, I think they're weak. At the tackle position, still, uh, that, that right side of the offensive line, Bobby Hart, get this, everyone 
most of the audience at least watched at least a little bit of the Giants yesterday and that poor offensive line. The Giants cut Bobby Hart, and now he's starting for the Bengals at right tackle. Oh, okay. so, that is quite the indictment. <laughs> um, he's played okay. He hasn't been as dreadful as, as I think a lot of people were expecting him to be, but he's certainly not a, a guy I expect to, to block T.J. Watt consistently on Sunday. So there's one. Uh, the left tackle that they got, they traded for Cordy Glenn from the Buffalo Bills, and they really liked him. But he's been a little nicked up dealing with a knee problem, and he struggled with speed athletic rushers over the past couple of weeks. Vic Beasley got after him a little bit against uh, when they went up against Atlanta. So I, I think that a guy like T.J. Watt, you put him on one side, you put Bud Dupree on the other. I think that this pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers might get after Andy Dalton a little bit, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I will note this, though. One good thing on the offensive line, Billy Price went down, their first-round pick, their first-round center, went down with a foot injury. Trey Hopkins has come in and he's played well at center. Now that I've said that, he'll probably have two bad snaps and you know, get ran over a bunch of times on Sunday. But uh, he's fed pretty well with Price out. The numbers for the defense don't jump off the page, but they've been getting the job done, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the defense, in part of it is they went to Carolina, with that really unique offense with Cam, and it's just, they just got beat. They didn't have Lontez Burkett. The linebackers got roasted. Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton ran all over them. And then the other thing is going to Atlanta, and I know you guys saw Atlanta last week, but they're just a different team in Atlanta. Yeah. In that dome, that offense, they, they put up a bunch of points. Um, here's the one thing I will say, is the Bengals have been awful, awful, awful on third down. And it's one thing to allow points and big plays, it's another to uh, let a check down run for 16 yards and a first down. And that's happened multiple times this season. So that's something they need to clean up. It was a, a lot better last week against Miami. That's a, a Miami offense that certainly is nowhere near Atlanta or Carolina or anything like that. So I think this will be a, a good test for them, a good test for Vontez Burfecht, who's back. It's his second game back. I expect the defense to improve. Earlier this week I talked about how I'm buying stock in the Bengals' defense because a lot of – a lot of fans kind of worried about that, the, the defense and the way they performed through five weeks. I think they'll be better. I'm not sure they're going to be great on Sunday. But usually Bengals-Steelers, it's not a high-scoring no. affair. So I expect it to be ugly. I expect both defenses to have success. Geno Atkins still putting up the numbers, though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he might be having his best season. Which Man. Is <laughs> it's tied for, with, with T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt for uh, the league lead in sacks with six. And... Uh, yeah, he's playing well, and it's been consistent so far through five weeks. It's not like it's been one game where he picked up four sacks or anything like that. Those numbers aren't skewed. He's been very consistent, um, and in the run, too. He's had some big run stops as well, and uh, considering they invested big money in him uh, just a couple of uh, weeks before the season started, I think that's a really good sign and a wise investment because he looks just as good as he did in any year I can imagine. He's off to such a great start. I'm always interested in hearing how the opposing fan base is feeling. Bengals at 4-1, and one, great start to the season, in control of the division if they win this game. So are fans excited? Are they happy with the way things are going? Or are they kind of waiting to see how they play against the big, bad, boogeyman Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, it, it depends on who you ask. I think the diehard fans that like live, breathe, sleep, Bengals football and are all in and have watched every second of the Bengals this year, 
and go to the games, they're probably looking and saying, oh, the Bengals are going to win. Based on what they've seen this year, the Bengals have played really well. I mean, the 4-1, and they've answered the bell anytime doubt has crept in in any of these games. Even uh, against Carolina, their loss, they, they played pretty well with A.J. Green out the entire second half. So uh, I think that the diehards would say, oh, yeah, we're excited, and, and I think we're going to beat Pittsburgh. That, that's what the diehard fans would say. Now, the casual fans that might not have watched every game, that might not have season tickets, which is the majority, um, are nervous. And, and I think that this is more of a prove it. Marvin, you say you're different. Andy's apparently different and turned the page. Prove it, because you guys are a combined 3-11 against the Steelers when Andy Dalton starts. Five, win this game since you guys are better and things are different. So I think really the majority of the fan base is waiting to see how they do Sunday. If the Bengals win, it would go a long way in energizing a fan base that has been kind of bored or, or at least not – I wouldn't say bored. I would say they're reluctant to buy into this team despite its 4-1 and start because they've seen it for so long. I mean, Marvin Lewis, I was 12 when Marvin Lewis got hired out. <laughs> you know, like, think about that. So it, it, it's one of those things where it's going to take a lot to win over some of these fans, and I totally understand that, and I think a win against Pittsburgh to go to 5-1 and one would go a long way in doing it. You think they do it? I don't. I got the Pittsburgh Oh, Steelers. no! 24, I got the Bengals 20. I, I mean, the numbers are just – people are getting mad at me here in Cincinnati because I've tweeted out some of these numbers. Andy Dalton and the Bengals haven't scored more than 21 points in 14 games against the Steelers. 21. So there's one. Andy has 17 touchdowns to 13 picks. He's only completed 60% of his passes in four of 14 matchups. I'm supposed to buy into that? No, I, I see better than I hear, as Marvin Lewis says. So they can prove me wrong all they want, but uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh here. Awesome as always, man. Really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm sure we'll do it down the road this year. Yep, sounds good. I appreciate it, Adam. Thanks a lot. That's James Rapine, WLW, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Coming up next, it's the Bud Light Happy Hour, baby, from the Carson City Saloon. It's the Crowley Show.